Welcome to episode 10 of the Books Travel Life podcast. I'm really excited about this episode because it's going to take a different format than our previous uh, nine episodes. This episode, we're going to have a guest, and I'm planning on having a guest every so often. So uh, today, I'm going to talk about uh, part five of my trip to India, and then after that, we're going to have our first guest to talk about the book Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Our guest will be Amy Guy. She's a licensed counselor and has a lot of insight on why it's important to start with why. So that and more on today's episode. Today on the travel segment, I'm going to talk about part five of my trip to India. And in part five, I want to focus on the beauty of the country. I was just in the southern part of India, just kind of south of Bangalore into uh, the uh, two states of Tamanadu and Kerala and the part that I got to see was both a, a part of not only the city life and and how busy the cities are but also the rural villages oftentimes up into the, the mountains and seeing the beauty there so one of my my first day in the country or second day in the country we were traveling uh, through the state of Tamanadu into Kerala and I was able to see a wild elephant as well as a, a little baby elephant um, just off off the road in the distance and it was so cool to actually see n- uh, an elephant in in nature because most of the times I mean uh, obviously most of the times most people see elephants in zoo in the zoo but not in actual nature so it was kind of cool to see that and then as I we weaved up into the into the mountains in Kerala uh, the tea fields that you could see the, the tea plants just growing on the mountainsides and and as we got closer and closer to the top you we would see different trucks that were just filled with these tea leaves and and these uh, workers in the tea fields uh, putting the tea onto their backs and carrying it and it on the steep incline I mean it was just unbelievable but the, the beauty of, of the tea fields and the sun rising over and and shining down and then when the sun set it, it was just a beautiful beautiful sight so just the tea fields alone were just beautiful. And as we were driving up there also, there was waterfalls and there were um, monkeys and just all kinds of different animals that that are pretty common for India, but for somebody in the Midwest United States to see an elephant and different types of monkeys out in the wild, it was just, it was just really neat to me to be able to see that and just, just the beauty of the nature. But in with the beauty of nature, especially in the city areas, was just a, a huge amount of trash and waste that uh, just just littered the streets. And even within that that trash and that um, that waste that was just all all over seemed to be all over the place. Especially as the population center and the population increased, it uh, it still was beautiful in itself. The the colors and and whenever you would see an area that was cleaned up, it definitely stuck out to the area that was more, had more waste and trash, trash in it. But the, the country itself, the, the people are just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful souls. And just the, the smiles on their faces and, and how their eyes just lit up, especially when they saw me uh, there and me being obviously the minority, uh, I attracted people that would come up and try to carry on a conversation even though I couldn't understand what they were saying without my translator. So it was just, like I said, overall a beautiful country, beautiful people, 
and just a, a great place I hope to visit again. One area I went to uh, in Tamanadu, it was up in um, up in the mountains, and there was a, a mountain lodge in this village, and it they called it kind of a getaway town where a lot of people would go on on their weekends or or on their holiday they would go up to up to this lodge and to the city and they would it overlooks uh, it's it's in the mountains and you can look across the valley and see another village I mean it, it was just a, a beautiful beautiful place the woodwork and and the just the openness of the, the lodge and the people and again they, they wanted to make make sure that I felt welcome and their guests felt welcome and it was just a, another beautiful beautiful place so if you ever get a chance to visit India I, I highly recommend that and like I said this is part five of a five-part series and uh, thank you for listening it's been uh, great sharing about a country that I never ever thought I'd be able to actually visit but was able to uh, spend about 17 days on the ground there and I hope to go back uh, within the next 10 years to see how this how the country's changed and how uh, it continues to advance um, in the world. Books Travel Life strives to create harmony in the world by sharing our love of reading, exploring, and living. Do you have a suggestion for a book, a place to travel, or a life topic to discuss on the show? Let us know by emailing Jeremy at jeremy at bookstravellife.com. Hello and welcome to the Books Travel Life podcast. This is the first time I have a guest and her name is Amy Guy. Amy is a wife, she's a mom, she's a runner, she's an avid Cubs fan, she's a licensed clinical professional counselor, a friend and encourager to many, and the owner, director of the Wellness Loft, which is a great place to come and get healthy. So welcome Amy. Thank you. You can tell you know me well because all of those things, I'm like, yeah, an avid Cubs fan? Yes. I forgot one thing, though. Dog lover. Oh, I'm a total dog lover, too. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So thanks for being my first guest on my show. And um, I, as I expressed to you whenever I asked you to be on this, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we're probably going to get Gabby and get off the topic, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. So uh, my first question I want to ask you, and I'm going to ask this to every one of my guests, and it doesn't come from me. I wish I would have thought of this idea. It comes from uh, Lewis Howes and Elizabeth Gilbert. But what are you most excited about? in your life right now? Well, I'm going to Chicago on Sunday, so I'm very excited about that. I'm going to a Cubs game, and I'm actually reconnecting with one of my cousins, who I don't get to see that often, and she's going to a Cub game too. So, I mean, short term, I'm very, very excited about that. A little bit longer term, um, we have a problem-solving court graduation coming up in June, which is something I'm involved in, and I'm super excited about that too. We just did some filming um, with Keith Setterfield yesterday, so it was really cool. Okay, so the problem-solving court is is something relatively new to the county, and overall court system or has it been around a while? Um, It's somewhat new. Um, We started drug court in our county in 2006 and then in 2013 we started a mental health court and a veterans court which is the same concept of drug court. Essentially it is taking people who have committed some kind of crime and believing if we treat their mental health issue or issues that they got from being a veteran that they won't commit any more crime. Okay, excellent. Excellent program. Very worthwhile it sounds like. And How many graduates do you have with this particular I think we have 11, and it's four counties, so it's Effingham, Clay, Jasper, and Fayette. And so I'm not real familiar with all of them, but I think we have 11 graduates. But it's one of those really cool things when you do taping. We have their mugshot, 
and then you know they have to have 18 months excuse me clean and sober and so you see them interviewed and just how much their life has changed it gives me chills even talking about it but it's just super exciting to see how people change their life awesome so the the book uh, that we're going to talk about this week on on the podcast is start with why by simon sinek and I think you were the one that introduced me to the book and also the TED talk that, that Simon did is that, that the idea, if we know our why, the what and the how kind of play out. So so basically, why, why is it important for us to start with why in determining our passion and purpose? Because the, the book is kind of written, you know, from a business, from, from a business orientation, but I think that it can be really applied to our lives in that way. So, so what do you think of I think the start with why thing for me, and first let me say, I listened to that TED Talk, I bet, 200 times. When I was thinking of opening the Wellness Loft every day when I was doing my hair and getting ready in the morning, and I listened to that. So literally, I bet I could say a lot of it verbatim. I used to be able to, I know for sure. Um, And I think, so I believe in it 150%. And trying to come up with even words when you say, you know, why should people start with why, it's like this... I think why drives our behavior, and Simon talks about that too, but I think more importantly, it like makes us intentional and focused. And I think a lot of times what happens in our life is we're not being intentional. We're just going through and doing what we're doing, and we're not paying as much attention. And you, you know why you're doing what you're doing. It just drives your behavior more, and I think it's so much easier to get excited about things. Um, and I think he says it over and over, and I know you know it too, but the idea that people don't care what you do, they care why you do it. Um, and, and we're people too. So when you think of it in that aspect, if you know why you do what you do, you're so much more likely to keep doing it and be connected to yourself, I think. Okay. So along with the, the how and, and the what, so you, you determine your why, the, the reason that you do things, do the how and the what really matter then? That's a really good question. Um, I think they, it depends on who you are, right? There are some people I don't think they do matter, and there are other people I think that they matter a whole bunch. So I think I'm more of a free spirit type, so the why I get out of bed in the morning um, and, and how that kind of manifests in my life and what it looks like and what I do, I'm not as concerned about, but I think some people are. I think it just kind of depends on your personality, your sort of psychological makeup, and what's important to you. Okay. Excellent. I heard this uh, the other day, I, I don't know if it was a TED Talk or if it was a, a sermon I heard on a, on, on a church uh, podcast or, or what, but I heard that apathy finds an excuse, passion finds a way. Amen. So, can you just think about that and give me, give me your, your perspective on that quote, apathy finds an excuse, passion finds a way. Yeah. It reminds me of like where there's a will, there's a way. And when people are driven and know their why, I think that's exactly what happens. It's like, I think too, when you know your why, like somehow you have your insides right. And when you know internally, like what you're good at, what drives you, what motivates you, it's so much easier to like manifest that on the outside. And so I think when people are passionate, it's like this, this energy that you have to do something with. Mm -hmm. And that's how I think you, you find somehow a way to get it done. Um, and apathy is another one of those. I think apathy is something we all feel at certain times, but if we have something we're passionate about, it can, it can help us come out of the apathetic stage, I think. 
the apathy, I think, is it, it paralyzes a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that they get stuck at the status quo. They don't think that they can improve. What are maybe some tips or some ideas on, on overcoming apathy? I think having one thing you love to do is absolutely huge in overcoming apathy. I think being around people who have energy and connections. I mean, one of the things you and I have talked about just together is we tend to hang sometimes with the same people because you leave those people and you're like, oh, okay, I see the world a little bit differently now. Jenny Liss is a common friend of ours. You So I think if you have the right people, I don't think you get stuck in the apathy. We all sometimes have apathetic moments. I think another huge thing, and you and I know agree on this, is, is travel. And I don't think you have to travel to an exotic land. But even going to Chicago, for me, if I'm kind of in a lull, it's like the energy of the city. It's like, oh, okay, you come back and you feel a little bit different. Um, the other thing I think with apathy is trying to have something, some grounding things in your day every day, like getting up at the same time or doing yoga every day or running every day, things that don't let you get too stuck. So we were just talking a little bit about apathy. Let's kind of segue into looking at purpose and passion. Um, How can one struggling uh, through life, uh, maybe some ups and downs, maybe some traumatic um, activities in their early childhood or whatever, how can somebody that's struggling find their purpose and their passion? I think it's an adventure, to be honest, and I think there are people who just know what they're passionate about, and there are other times people might be passionate about a lot of things, or you have to just keep being curious. So when you're feeling like not so good, it's easy to be like, oh, I'm not passionate about anything, and I think the way we get passionate about things is to keep being curious. The other thing I will absolutely say, another one of my very good friends, Michael Brummer, he's passionate about running, and I think that's where my passion for running came. Um, when I first started running, I don't think I was passionate about it. I'm like, oh my God, I'd rather die than do this. But people's energy is contagious. So if you can just keep putting yourself out there and just keep being curious, sometimes passion is like you kind of build it over time. It's not like you go do one thing and you're like, oh my God, I'm so passionate about that. But you just keep exploring. The more things you can say yes to that fit who you are, I'm not about saying yes to just anything, but if you know who you are and you can say yes to, always say yes to things that lead to more options. So for instance, when you ask me to do a podcast, I'm like, I don't know how to do a podcast, but it sounds like fun and it might lead to something else. I mean, I don't know. I might after this be like, oh, I love doing a podcast. But so trying to say yes to things that might give you more options that let other things unfold. Mm -hmm. There's a book uh, called Love Does by Bob Goff. I talked about it in in one of my earlier podcasts Uh about how he quits something every single Thursday. And I really like that concept. I I like how you how you say say yes to opportunities that might lead to more. But when when is the right time to say no to things? And I think that's a magical million dollar question Mm -hmm. that everybody struggles with at some point. So um, we could. um, What do you think think on that? Well, I'm a huge Steve Jobs fan, and one of the things he says is focus is the, uh, focus is the ability to say no. And I, I keep that in mind because I have a tendency to say yes to way too much, and then I have to weed myself back out. Um, so one, one of the ways I've thought is to say no first, and then you can always get to yes from no. But for me, when I'm taking good care of myself, which means I'm running, I'm eating well, I'm hanging around with people like you and other people that give me energy, it is so much easier for me to know when to say yes, what to say yes to. When I'm not in the best place mentally is when I find myself saying yes to things where I have to kind of get myself back out. And I'm also not afraid if I've said yes to something that I find isn't a good fit for me, you can gracefully bow out. And I think people have to give themselves permission to do that. Mm-hmm. 
because you know you commit to something, your heart's not in it, you're not passionate mm-hmm. about it. The quality of work that you do is not going to be up to par for the person that you're doing the work for. Absolutely. And uh, I've done that a time or two mm-hmm. in my life, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that we all have came across things that we've committed to and just realized, holy cow, this is not what I expected, or the work is too much, or personality conflicts I mean all that stuff plays a role and I think that you you hit the nail on the head is to bow out gracefully mm-hmm. and uh, which is which is something <laughs> something I didn't do once, <laughs> once or twice I, I won't mention the, uh, the the workplace or the location but uh, you bow uh, out gracefully more times than not how yeah, about that I have yes that, thank you but the, the, the one time I, yeah, that, that was an epic failure but I think it, it, it kick-started something really uh, cool and inspirational within me so yeah. so anyway we won't talk anymore about that <laughs> Jeremy's non-graceful exit yes, from someplace. Non-gra- non-graceful exit. Yeah, that, that was that was an adventure in itself. Yeah, I'm a big believer in 80% of the time. So I eat well 80% of the time. I do, you know, I, those kind of things. You want to exit gracefully 80% of the time sounds good to me. Okay. The other 20%, I think sometimes you do get energy yeah. doing different things. Yeah, you, you know, <laughs> take this job and shove it. That's song right. comes to mind. Out of here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So back to kind of, I, I kind of segued there from, off of the uh, finding the purpose and the passions uh, in, in life, because that's something that I have struggled with a lot. And I, I haven't read her book yet, but I'm looking forward to reading her book, Emily Wapnick's um, How to Do Everything. Oh. Um, I think it's what it's called, How to, How to Do Everything. And basically she is uh, a multi-potentialite, as she coined mm. that term, to where she has multiple passions instead of just one particular thing. So... Uh, this book it came out just a couple couple months ago and I'm I'm anxious to read it but I like her her idea of that you don't have to settle for one single thing be like a a butterfly and kind of hop around and and just explore so in that aspect of finding passion um, going back to what you said about curiosity mm-hmm. I think that that's that's kind of the premise of the book is is, is to be curious and to mm-hmm. and to you know learn mm-hmm. to do multiple things like. Like you know that I'm restoring a, a 1977 VW Bug, yes. which is totally out of my you know, my uh, mechanical ability and and that kind of thing. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try. And mm-hmm. you know there was Bug Fest here in Effingham last week, and there was over a thousand you know Volkswagen vehicles in town. And I was like, holy cow, I want mine done. But then the budget and stuff like that comes into play too. You can't just life. You know, you, yeah, <laughs> you just can't be be a kid all the time. I mean, it's good to be a kid a lot of the time, but. To be a kid, sometimes you have to grow up and and mm-hmm. and take care of uh, big people responsibility, and that's kind of where I'm at with uh, on hold with that with that project. So, other ideas on purpose and passion, how to how to cultivate it, how to um, keep it. I mean, I think another thing, and and this is more the kind of psychological aspect, I think it's like personality tests. There are five million out there on the internet. My favorite is like the 16 personality tests. But the more you kind of continue to explore and do things, I think writing is another huge way to just figure out like what drives you. Because you have to, to find out what you're passionate about. A lot of times I think you do have to be introspective. I mean, notice how you feel after you do a certain activity. Um, notice how you feel after you're around certain people, but taking a minute to kind of pause and reflect and and see, oh, hey, I like that, I don't like that. One of my favorite quotes and one of the reasons I love talking to you because I never know what you're going to be up to. It's like, oh, I'm doing this now and I'm doing this now, but is don't live, if we get to live 75, 80 years, don't live the same year over and over. 
And I think if you keep exploring and you have enough data points of life, I did this, didn't like this, did this, love this, you figure out like what drives you. And there's not a like age you have to find out what you're passionate about. I think so often now, younger kids, it's like, oh, I don't know what I'm passionate about. And I'm like, well, how the hell could you? You're 20. I mean, I didn't even, I mean, and so I think one of our ideas about success and I have to get out of school right away and I have to get a job and I have to have a retirement doesn't lend itself to figuring out what we're passionate about because we're so, so busy trying to get to the end. Very good. I, I like that. And that being a, a high school teacher, I see that pressure every single day huh. of, you know, of how am I going to spend my next 40 years instead of living in the moment. Yeah. And if there's anything that I've learned over the last four years, it's to live for every moment. Yeah. Because you don't know. You don't know. Right. Yeah, I love the idea. I'm rambling a little bit now, but I love the idea, and I think I got this from Surrey Rao's book, is um, you need a compass more than you need a map. So if you have a map and you have it all lined out, that's great, but you might miss some things along the way. But if you have a compass and you know the direction you want to go in, and I think passion's related to that. If you know the like generic direction you want to go in and you have a compass to figure out how to get places, I think that's way more helpful. Yeah, excellent. I, li- I like that illustration. And what was that book again? Sari Rao? Yeah, The Unmistakable Creative. He's okay. got like a little okay, yeah. table book. Um, okay. It's a really, really easy uh-huh. read. And he's got he's also got a podcast. Yes. Yep. Okay. He's one of my favorites, yes. Right. Back to talking a little bit about uh, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. One of his principles is, is the idea of the golden circle. It starts with why in the middle and then what and how towards the outside and how that can kind of correlate to the brain. And I thought Amy would be a good person to talk to about this. So maybe kind of describe the psychology of of the mind and this idea of of why it's important to start with why. Okay. Yeah, so Simon, he does a really good job of trying to figure out how the brain actually applies to a circle. So he cortex responds to the how and what. And that's where you get the kind of analytical ideas and in the the basic what people do every day. And then there's the limbic system of the brain, which is all where all our emotions come from. So trustworthy and what motivates people and everything. And that's where he says the why is at, which is why if you communicate, and he believes that companies that communicate from the inside out, is those are the companies we want to follow and buy from. And he talks about Apple doing that. And so I think the limbic system is what drives our behavior. And it, there's no language there, but we just you kind of have a gut feeling or you just want to do something or you want to buy that and you don't necessarily know why. That's because of this why. And he correlates that to the limbic system that drives our behavior. Okay. And the, the limbic system, that is, that is kind of an area of the brain that if we have a bad experience or uh, a good experience, it, it corresponds to how we behave or what, how mm-hmm. we might have a coping behavior uh, attributed to uh, maybe even drinking and drugs is related to the Olympic. Absolutely, Olympic it's where things are sort of paired together. Oftentimes people get triggered and they do things and they don't even necessarily know why they do them. It's just what they kind of fall into doing. Okay. So what makes someone motivated in living out their purpose versus someone that's just working to get by or to, to an income? What, what, what is the kind of motivators um, of somebody that, um, I guess, understands and knows their purpose? Well, I think one of the things is, and I learned this, some, old, some person I used to work with at the Department of Children and Family Service used to say, some people work and their work is their life and other people just work to do what they do after work. And so I think some people who are really driven by making income work to do all the cool things they do after work. 
And there are others of us who more like have this purpose and I'm not saying my job is who I am, but it's sort of what I'm doing all of the time. I don't kind of have a beginning and an end where I'm this person at this time and, and somebody else completely different later. So I think those of us who are motivated to, to work our purpose are very much driven by this limbic system. It's kind of a gut feeling world and I just know I need to do this or I don't need to do that. Um, and I think we keep taking actions that keep us motivated. And so one of the other things I love and try to remember all the time, people often want to feel motivated. And nobody feels motivated without action, which is really, really hard. You have to take the action first, and then you get the motivation later. And so I think with living with our purpose, the more we take actions that are consistent with who we are and, and, why, and we know why we're doing what we're doing, the more motivated we feel to keep going. Right, the understanding how we're wired and accepting how we're wired mm -hmm. leads to action, therefore we feel motivated. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. The more you know about the inside of how you work and just what works for you, I mean, how what are you doing when you feel your best? I mean, sitting down and considering that, like the last time you felt great in life, what were you doing? What was motivating to you? And if you don't feel motivation or purpose now, get back to doing some of those things that like make you feel alive or hanging around people. I'm a big, like energy so contagious to me. If you hang around the right people, and I, I mean, I don't know what the right people is for each person, but people who you leave and you're like, you feel filled up versus somebody stuck a straw in you and drained the life out of you, that leads to a lot of motivation too, I think, mm -hmm. hanging around people that are excited about life. Right. Yeah, but p surrounding yourself with, with the, um, the energy creators versus the energy vampires. Yes. And sometimes that's hard to do. I mean, mm -hmm. you, in, in some of the workplaces that, that we work in, there, there are those that you can tell that they totally love their job. Mm -hmm. I was I was going through a McDonald's drive-up the other day, and n nothing bad about McDonald's, so don't I, I want to throw that out there as a disclaimer. Yeah. But this guy was the happiest go lucky. You could tell that he enjoy either he had was having a good day or he genuinely loved what he was doing. Uh -huh. And now you've gone through other places, you know, right. may, maybe even another McDonald's where you can just mm -hmm. tell. You know, they they push the bag out to you through the drive-through, and 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 boom, you're you're just another person that went through. Yeah. But there are other people that that uh, that take that in, into consideration. So they've they've got some sort of a drive and, and a love and a passion, mm -hmm. whether they really want to work there or not. You can you can tell a absolutely a, a person just by the even posture. A lot mm -hmm. of times you can tell. Yeah, their posture, how they interact with you. And I think people can be living a, a purposeful life and know why they're doing what they're doing. It doesn't matter what the job is. It's not the what you're doing, it's the how you're kind of, you know, mm -hmm. what you're doing when mm -hmm. you're there, just like that McDonald's. I mean, that right. was a great experience. Right, right. And then it, it all translates back to, to the why. Maybe that person's mm -hmm. why is I want to make somebody smile today or I want to mm -hmm. give that person the best chicken nuggets I can make you know mm -hmm. I mean that 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 could be their why at that particular point in time their their why might be um, I have to provide for my family and this is the only thing available at this time so mm -hmm. so it's uh it, it all it, life does go back to that question mm -hmm. why and yeah. kids in the classroom hate whenever I say why because then they have to think more too. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I think you hit the nail on the head early on in the conversation when you, whenever you said that be, being curious about your why, mm -hmm. understanding your why and who you are, and that all that stuff 
equals motivation and, and who, who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think there's like a timeline to, to figure that out. Whether you're 20, 40, 60, 80, it, it's sort of, it's ever evolving. Yeah. And we keep learning about ourselves. Yeah, the the age the age thing is, is something I got hung up on several times. You know, I wanted to have my house paid off at thirty. I wanted to retire at forty five. Neither one of those things are going to happen. The house the house paid <laughs> off. That's 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 in the past. Still have hope for forty five, but it, it's it's not looking good. I'm at thirty seven now and and haven't saved a dime. So you never I, know, though. You, you you never know. Maybe maybe this podcast can turn into something huge. You just never know. Because I said yes to podcasting. So. That's right. You said yes. And you said and you said yes. And I so. said yes. And, yes. Uh, and I've learned a lot just listening. It's it's yeah. fun to kind of play with all these things. And yeah, yeah. But it's it's always good to to talk over talk over books and to know somebody else actually reads and. And uh, you've got a huge uh, bookshelf tree here, which you recommended a book to me, um, Option B, I believe, by uh, Sheryl Sandberg. Yes. And uh, I'll have to have you back on the show to talk about that, um, maybe episode 20 or 25 or Sounds or, good. Or I love that down the book. Road. So, so I will uh, definitely uh, keep that in mind um, as I read that book. But I'm actually reading a book called Pumpkin Flowers. Oh, what's that? And it's about a soldier, and he's an Israeli soldier, and um, they go to a, an outpost in Lebanon, okay. and there's a constant battle all the time. And uh, just just something I would never have picked up, but I signed up for the, I tried something new, and I'm signing up for a library book club. Oh, that's cool. So, um, so I, I picked that, that's the book that they're, they're reading, and then I find out I'm going to be on my cruise whenever they're going to be talking about it, so <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to do a blog post and, and be done with it, but, but uh, just kind of stepping out of my zone for that. So, so this has been uh, fun. Very fun. I, I appreciate your uh, willingness to be my first guest, and, and uh, we'll be back next week, uh, bookstravellife.com. Uh, download the podcast at iTunes, SoundCloud, or just go to my website and you can listen there. And uh, thanks again uh, for joining me, Amy. Thank you for tuning in to the Books Travel Life podcast. Look forward to seeing you next week so we can create harmony in the world by sharing the love of reading, exploring, and living. Have a great week.